Thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. Hey, good morning, church. How are you? How are you? Come on, come on. Next week, we'll do a little bit better about pumping that up so you can just stand up with your spouse or, or a random neighbor and start swaying a little bit, huh? Come on now. That's what we want in this place. We want some love connections to happen. Absolutely. That's, that's part of my job. I'm a professional matchmaker. I'm trying to match you to the gospel of Jesus, but, but if, if at least match you to another person, at least I did something worthy in this temporary life. Hey, man, we love you this morning. Let's pray. Jesus, we need you. Absolutely need you. Father, we need your sincerity. We need your depth. We need you to teach us through your word and to encourage us this morning. Jesus, I pray that single people would find relationships today, whatever that looks like. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1, we're in a new series called It's Good. Everybody say, it's good. Everybody look at your name and go, it's good. Okay, that was awkward if you're sitting next to another dude. I'm, I'm sorry, I just want to apologize up front. I'm a little loose this morning. That's always not good. Um, usually when I have more coffee, I'm more calm. It's, it's bizarre. I don't know what that is about my my makeup, but Genesis 1.27, Genesis 1.27, it says this, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them, skip down to verse 31, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good, God makes good things, can we all agree upon that, God makes good things, we believe we believe at Luminous Church that God is creator, that he has created everything that we see. He's created the sun, the stars, the sky, the land. He's created it, you and me, and it is, it is good. In fact, it's very good on the sixth day as he was looking back at his creation. It's very good what I created. It's good that I created man and women, man and woman, and it's very good that I did this. And Every creator has an intent. I'm thankful for my watch. I'm thankful for the maker of my watch. Not only does it look swag, fly, something, I don't, I don't know, something like that. Not only does it look good, but it functions and it works. And what's crazy about a watch is when the watch breaks, have you ever had a broken watch? The watch doesn't fix itself, does it? Have you ever seen a deconstructed building and the building doesn't reconstruct itself? Right? It, that just doesn't happen. In fact, it has to go back to the architect, to the maker. And I know that there's a lot of intelligent people out there who have programmed and created AI and all that fun stuff. But any AI, if it gets jacked up and the code messes up and the binary code is not the same, it needs a programmer. And, and quite honestly, a lot of you are in here. And we've experienced relationships, and you can just look at relationships around you, and you realize some of them are broken. Some of them are broken. Some of them are a little jacked up. And what we do is we 
rally around a holiday to try to fix what's broken. In fact, I tried to do this. I remember being in second grade. In second grade, I was going to school, and, and there was the prettiest girl in the class, Miranda. Miranda was so beautiful, and every dude wanted Miranda. And so it was my mission the day before Valentine's to make the biggest Valentine's in the whole world. I was going to make this awesome Valentine, and I was going to win Miranda's heart. So I brought this Valentine. I was pumped, man. We were going to live happily ever after. Happily ever after. And I was excited that we were going to do this. And when I brought it, then I saw Ricky. And Ricky upset me because Ricky's Valentine was a lot better than my Valentine. You see, I think Ricky's mama helped him on his Valentine, which doesn't really count. And already in second grade, I realized I realized that I couldn't fix what's broken, and I couldn't fix it with a valentine. I couldn't do any of that. We are broken, and that which is very good has been broken. You and I are broken people. We came in jacked up, messed up before we came to know Jesus. And as we did, we, we, wondered, we wondered how we could fix this, and God gives an answer, and we know this, we know this, and just fair warning, today, I'm going to Jesus juke you. I'm going to Jesus juke you on Valentine's Day. That means that I'm going to, I'm going to default to the highest power possible, right? And in the next few weeks, we'll have some juicier stuff, like next week, we'll, we'll talk about sex, which will be awesome. Everybody say sex. Weird. That was weird. Don't do that. You know, I know some of you came in here, and you're you're, you're single, you hate Valentine's Day, all you want to do is blend in. You really wanted a Jesus juke today. You just came in, and you just want Jesus, and forget Valentine's Day. Please, Jesus. And, and, and some of you just want to fake a bathroom break and never come back. I've seen it happen. So give me your thoughts on Valentine's Day. Open the Luminous Church app. Open that poll. Look at the poll, and, and apparently I'm not relevant either, or our creative team, because... That was something that we put in here. Do you believe Valentine's Day is just a Hallmark gimmick? Which it is the holiday that sells the second most cards in the year. Is it Single Awareness Day? <laughs> is it an opportunity? Married and unmarried. Is it all about the bay before anyone else? Is that not cool anymore? All right, creative team, let's get around that. <laughs> is it all about the bay? Let us know. Let us know what that is. And that will, that will, all those results will help us decide if we're going to do this next year or we'll do what we did last year and just talk about worship because, you know, just ignore Valentine's Day. Just talk about worship and more Jesus. Let us know what you think. I really want to know. I want to, I want to reveal those poll results next week and let, let's just hear what you have to say. Relationships are good. My friend, my friend, as we're in this series, we're going to talk about relationships, we're going to talk about love, we're going to talk about so many things. But today, what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to cram a whole series in one message, which is what I typically try to do. It's overwhelming. And, and then next week, I'm going to bring my friend, Pastor Daniel, who's a pastor of Mid-Cities Church from Midland, Odessa. And he's going to actually come, and he's going to talk about sex. And he's been having sex longer than me, so I thought that would be appropriate. So he's going to talk about that, and then the following week, I'm going to talk about dating. 
Dating relationships, what that looks like, what that looks like. I mean, I was, I was a bachelor for a very long time. I want to talk about healthy dating relationships. And if you're married, how to maybe continue dating your spouse, which I think would be good. And then finally, I'm going to bring J. Tom Snelson in here, and he's going to talk about marriage. And hopefully he'll be recovered because yesterday his wife just birthed a nine-and-a-half-pound baby. So that's God bless her. That is awesome. So he's going to talk about marriage. He'll wrap up this series. So you're going to have a lot of opinions, a lot of different takes on it. And I just want to start this conversation about love. And that's, in fact, why we handed out these conversation hearts. Because I want to start a conversation. And for those who want to slither out their seats and leave, just go ahead and eat all these candies so you don't have to give them to anybody, right? And for those who want to use it as an opportunity, we left the to and from blank so you can you know, use this on your neighbor or whatever you want to do. Take those. We would encourage you to take those. Let's start the conversation. Our conversation starts today with love. First John 4, 8 says, The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Love is important. It's very important. It's critical. It's crucial to our faith. Without love... We don't know God. Without love, we can't please God. Without love, it's just all really pointless. And love is something that we all want to receive. But a lot of us don't want to actually give it. Isn't that funny? You want to receive it, but you don't want to give it. It's like money. I want to give it. I want to receive it, but I don't want to give it. Love is a lot like that. And and V-Day is this time where, where men feel a little prideful. We don't want to buy the flowers. We don't want to, we don't want to romance our girl. We don't want to do any of that. We, we deep down want to just, you know, just chill. We just want to chill. We just want to find a best friend that we just hang with, you know. We don't want to impress them. But, but sometimes there are men who, who say, love me, love me, love me, and they want to be romanced. But oftentimes it's, it's a lot of women. And maybe because their love language is gifts and ours is just affirmation. I don't know. But you know this from this fact is that 85% of all Valentines sold are from women. 85%. So obviously, obviously, women love this holiday. And men do it because they have to. Any confessions? Just kidding. Don't do that. That's not good. Love is good. There's three Greek words that we'll use today. Three Greek words that, that describe love. The first one is eros, love which this is the erotic love, the sensual love, the, the lustful love that we'll talk about today. The Cupid shooting love. Did Cupid show up at your house today? No, okay. The filial love, the, the strong liking or emotional connection, or relational friendship love, agape or agape love, God's love. Those are three loves I want to highlight today. Everybody say, it's fine. But it's not necessarily good. It's fine. On V-Day, it's all about eros. It's all about celebrating this romantic love, this erotic love. And I'm going to let Dan Stevens explain it more than me. But, but we know that in the Bible, it talks about this kind of romantic love in certain points. This book, A Song of Solomon, right? How many of you read the book, A Song of Solomon? No single guys, right? Because every time you read that, you sin. You're like, why? Why did they put this book in the Bible? I'm supposed to read my Bible and I'm sinning. This is weird. 
Stop it. And so you just skip over it. I don't, I don't know. A lot of men do that. A lot of women love it. Fifty Shades of Grey women. They're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's good. Right? All sorts of stuff, right? This book this book's super controversial, but it talks about this, this great love, this great romantic love that we, that we really long for in this holiday. And Psalm, Psalm 112 says, may he kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. And I'm sure that's good wine, not 7-Eleven wine. Your, your, your love is good. The Hebrew word love here means actually to boil over. Have you ever like cooked noodles and you start the pot and it's boiling over? You can't stop it. You put the lid on. You're like, oh my goodness, my wife's going to kill me. It's dirty. It's crazy. It's happened a lot to me. It's the, it's the kind of love that boils over. You can't stop it. It's uncontainable. Song of Solomon 3.5 says, I adjure you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or by the hinds of the field that you will not arouse or awaken my love until it pleases. What a strong, wise verse to hear as a single man or a single woman to wait to arouse this kind of love. The Hebrew word for this love is sexual love. Wait to arouse this kind of love. It would be wise of you not to open it too soon. And the myth that we believe is that we all need this kind of love and we all need to find the one. How many of you believe that? We just got to find the one. I'm looking for the one. I'm searching for the one. And Disney did such a good job telling us that there is a Cinderella out there waiting for a glass slipper. And if her foot fits, she will be the one. And we're asking this question, where is my Cinderella? Where is my soulmate? Where is my prince? I'm around looking for my rib, but in the meantime, I love McRibs, and I just keep eating them and chewing them and spitting them out, which a lot of men oftentimes do. We, we constantly try to do this, and we're looking for the one, but here's the Jesus juke. Is the truth is, as Craig Rochelle would say, the one really is Jesus, and the one you're looking for is the two. And until you find the one, you'll never find the two. And if you put Jesus as the two to get to your one, it'll never work for you. And I see that happen so often. Priority is important, isn't it? Priority is important. We did this on purpose that we would talk about this relational series backwards, that we would talk about love and then sex and then dating and then married because that's what happens in the world. Hey, I love you, baby. Let's have sex. You want to date? Sure. Why not just get married? That's what the world thinks. It's, it's completely backwards. Priority is important. In Mark 10, 31, Jesus says this, Many who are first shall be last, and the last first. Many who are first shall be last, and the last first. We see that in God's economy, in God's world, things work differently than our flesh reactions. In fact, if you were to trust your heart, you would be deceived because it is deceptive. We need to look at God's character when studying the word of God and applying it to our life because our heart is misleading. How many of you have a broken heart today? Don't confess. I mean, I'm just saying, right? Like, it, maybe it's broken because our heart's been misleading. We have got it wrong, and I believe that when you are last and you do lay down your life and you do put Jesus first, you'll find something that's lasting. And that's what I believe that we want in this church and looking for numero uno, we've all tried it. And I've tried it 
I tried it when I was in second grade, and for some reason, I kept trying it and trying it and trying it. And I even had some motivation. Have you ever read Genesis 24? I remember when I fell in love with God, I'm going to say, God, I'm going to give up two years of my life. I'm not going to date any girls, any girls. I'm just going to read your Bible. And until I know you, well, I know a woman. But man, Genesis 24 was hope. I still had a year and a half, like 19 months left in this journey, something like that. And as I was reading Genesis 24, you see, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. We see the greatest wingman ever. Abraham's there, and he commissions his servant to go out and go find his son a woman. This servant was Match.com. He was tender. He was swipe right. He was, I mean, he was the guy who was going to go find Isaac's soulmate. And as he goes out in 63, we'll pick up the story. And Isaac went out, and after the servant found a woman, he was bringing her back. And Isaac went out and to meditate in the field towards evening, and he lifted up his eyes. And I was like, man, I'm meditating right now. I'm praying right now. And I looked up. No one's there. I was in my bedroom. And he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, there were camels coming. And Rebekah lifted up her eyes. And when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from the camel and said to the servant, Who is that man walking in the field to meet us? The servant said, It is my master. So she took her veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. Then Isaac brought her into the tent of Sarah, his mother, and took Rebekah, and she became his wife. And he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Man, this was inspirational to me. I was like, this is how it's going to happen. It's going to happen like this. My wingman's going to bring her, and then I'm going to meet her, and then I'm going to be with her, and we're happily ever after. I tried it. Two years was up. Finished my two years of reading the Bible. It was time. It was time. God was going to bring this woman. So I got my wingman. Said, Chris. Chris is the college pastor at Mid-Cities. I go, Hey, man, I'm a single youth pastor. It's not good. I need, I need a woman. There's a woman in your ministry. There's actually a lot of women in your ministry. But there's one in particular that I'm interested in. I need you to be my match.com. Go out there see what she thinks about me. So he went out there to see what she thought about me, and the report came back not as I expected. He goes, man, to be honest, honestly, dude, she thinks you're a dork. I was like, Really? I'm going to change. I'm going to change services. I'm going to try somebody else. You're not a good wingman. You're fired. Right? It, it, you know, we try these things. We try these things as we're pursuing love, as we're trying to find love, as we're trying to find this eros love. We've been doing this. And in my first 25 years of living, man, I spent every Valentine's Day single. Single, but not unfulfilled. You see, it was amazing because I knew another kind of love. Everybody say, it's good. I knew another kind of love, a filial love, a brotherly love, this connection love. I knew this kind of love, and it was this amazing love that I so enjoyed. It was such a relationship, and, and this kind of love that I knew was with a group of friends who did life together. And every Valentine's Day, we'd go to somebody's house, and we'd play games, and we would do charades, and we'd laugh together and cry together and, and complain together. It was awesome. Man, it was the kind of love that I so desperately enjoyed. It was something I desperately needed, and it was fulfilling. And maybe you know this kind of love, a relational love. Maybe it's a sibling love. Maybe it's a father-son love. Maybe it's a father-son love as God and Jesus had. 
You see, God and Jesus in John 5, 19 had this kind of love. So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. For the father loves, everybody say loves, filio, the son, and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him, so that you may marvel, so that you may marvel. Man, God the Father and Jesus had this kind of love exchange, this kind of love exchange of affirming him, of showing him, of encouraging him. And it's one that I began to see, and I began to enter into these love exchanges of friendship, deep friendship that was so good and so rich and so needed in my life. And I love the fact that I got to hang out. And some of you, you didn't get to experience some Eros love. Some married couples in here came in mad. You're like, well, why didn't you plan a good date last night? Or, or why, you know, what are we going to do with our five kids? I mean, really, can't even afford a babysitter. You know, I just want to say that Eros love is most of the time temporary love. But filial love will last. It'll last. And, and if you just were to go hang out with your whole family and just go eat on Valentine's Day and just love one another and affirm one another, it's really the greatest kind of love that you can have. And I love that families will do that today. I encourage you to do that today. And what else is good? What else is good? Well, obviously, agape love. The love dearly, the love that comes from God and this is really hard to distinguish between agape and filio. So I'm going to try to do my best. In John 21, 15, we see this love exchange between Jesus and Peter. Peter just denied Jesus three times. He just basically said, deuces, I hate you, I'm out. I'm not going to be your valentine. I'm not going to be there. I'm not going to be your friend. And he left him. Jesus comes back. He, he rose from the grave, and he's meeting all of his friends, and he's meeting Peter, and he comes to restore him. In 15, let's pick up. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love, do you agape me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love, I filio you. He said to him, feed my lambs. Verse 16, he said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you agape me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I filio you. He said to him, tend my sheep. Verse 17, he said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you filio me? Do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you filio me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I filio you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. The difference between agape and filio, it's really hard to explain. There's not much difference between agapeo and filio love. Both involve a voluntarily, I've decided to love you, and an involuntarily, I can't help but love you response. But the one point is this, that there, there's no command ever to filio somebody, but there is a command to agape. In John 13, 34, a new commandment I give to you, that you agape one another just as I have agaped you. You also are to agape one another. By this, all that may know that you are my disciples, you have love for one another. It's a God-deposited love. 
And really what we see is in the New Testament, eros love is not even mentioned. There's no lustful, erotic, sensual love in the New Testament. And what we see is filial love is mentioned a few times in a few exchanges. But as Jesus begins to say these last words, Peter's saying, all I can do is filial love you. That's all I can do. We've been friends. We've been bros. It's been awesome, and I've enjoyed it. It's been so amazing. But as Jesus leaves, he said, I want you to wait in Jerusalem, and power is going to come upon you, and you'll never be the same, and you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. After that point, in almost every epistle, when we see love, it is agape love. You see, it's only, it's only Christians who can show agape love. Because those who are in Christ, let me just explain what a Christian is. Someone who has surrendered their life to Jesus and his lordship and decided to follow him all the days of their life. Somebody who's in Jesus, that's the only ones who can agape love. And what I, I will so enjoy about God and his grace is he, he allows Eros love. We'll talk about that next week, and it's so awesome. But he also allows common grace for everybody to love each other. In fact, in fact, isn't that what we should do? Like, love the whole world? We're supposed to do that. And we see people doing it. We see people who aren't believers loving other people, right? You see people love each other and, and have this love exchange. But it's only those in Christ who can agape love. It's only those who have the deposit of Jesus inside of them because agape love is the only love that comes from the Father. And it's this. That's how they're going to know that you're my disciples, that you're going to love one another in that way. So what kind of agape love is this? Well, 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. I love it because it's, it's all agape love. It's all God's love. Love is patient and it's kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love, agape love, it never ends. It never will end. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. But when the perfect comes, the, par the, when the, perfect comes, the partial will pass away. Verse 11. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child when I became a man. I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully as I have fully been known. Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And I don't know what your dating, what your dating life will look like tonight. I don't know if you're going to be in a group. I don't know if you're getting away with your spouse, somebody you're, you're pursuing in a healthy relationship. I don't know what it looks like. I do know this, that it can look like a lot of different love. It can look like erotic love and eros love. It can be amazing in that way. It can be a filial love. But what I really hope for you in this Valentine's Day is as you're with your friends and your family and with everyone who sees you, that you would love, agape love one another. And that you would love and speak lovely language to one another. Josh, come help me close out this morning. First John 4, 8 says this. 
Whoever does not love God, or whoever does not love, does not know God, because God is love. We read that and we wrestle with it, but, but there's so many people who love. I mean, the world loves. Everybody loves. I mean, we, we see this all the time. We see, I mean, huge parades of, of love and causes and hugs and friendliness and Love exists all around the world. Do those people know God? Do those people know God? But some of them don't even believe there is a God. And yet they love. And yet they love. But there is a love that I want to ensure you that you can know today. And I'm not going to promise you that you're going you're gonna to love romantically today. I'm not going to promise you that you'll let me filial love, that you'll let me be with friends or family, and that it'll be that pleasant. But I do know, without a shadow of doubt, there's a love of God that can fill your soul today. There's a love of God that can fill you up today. And if you want that love today, I want you to stand up. I want you to stand up and say, I want that kind of love. I want God's love. If that's you, you want God's love, just stand up. If you don't, it's okay. But if you want God's love, stand up. We want you to stand up today. What I love about God is he didn't, he didn't use his love to lord it over you. He didn't abuse love. It was not something that he withheld either. He gave freely. In John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. Not just filial love, he agape loved the world. He loved that only came from him. He loved the world that he saw you and me. And he said, man, there's a lot of hurt, a lot of broken hearts, a lot of broken pieces. You know, as a second grader, I had this hole in my heart that I wanted to fill with some girl. Like that would complete me. Like, you know, if I just find my better half, you know, my rib, then I'm, I'm all done, you know? And what I love about it is it's such a lie. It's so misleading. True fulfillment, when God saw your hole and he saw you broken, the creator saw the creation. Say, I want to make you new. I want to give you a new heart, a new way to love, a new creation. For those who don't know Jesus this morning, and maybe you're exploring Christ, exploring this kind of love, and you're like, man, I want that kind of love. I want Jesus, and I want to love him, and I want to serve him all the days of my life. And I want you to just raise your hand. I want that. I want Jesus. That's you here this morning. We thank you. Thank you, ma'am. I saw your hand. I believe God is making us new. And I want that kind of love. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we love you this morning. Father, make me new. Fix my broken heart. Where I've tried to fix a hole with Eros love, where I've tried to fix a hole with some friendships, where I've tried to fix some, a hole by starting a family, where I've tried to fix this hole. I realize today, God, that it's only fixed and it's only made new by agape. 
by love that doesn't come from me, doesn't come from this world, but comes from the creator. Make me new in Jesus' name. Father, I just pray, God, that everybody who's here today, God, with Valentine's Day, it's thrown around us every single year. Some of us, it's a sore reminder. Some of us, like Russ, it's a great reminder. But I'm asking God that you would just meet us where we are. Meet us where we are, God, and would you identify us? I pray, Jesus, that this series would be good. It would be so good and so encouraging. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. And before we're dismissed today, I want to just encourage you. You know, maybe you prayed a prayer like that for your first time, and I just encourage you to come pray with a prayer worker. Share what you just prayed. Maybe if you're, you came in this morning, you just need prayer for something else. Come get prayer. Maybe for a friend. I got a text from one of my community group members about a friend who's in ICU. So maybe you just need somebody to stand with you and pray with you. Then do that. I would encourage you to do that on your way out. I would also encourage you, bring a friend next week because they're going to love it. Serious. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. The friend that you met at the bar this week, bring them. Serious. They're going to they're gonna love it, and it's going to be a godly perspective on what sex is all about. Hey, we love you. Be blessed. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To find out more about service times, giving, and community groups that meet throughout the week, please visit us online at luminouschurch.org.